generation's Yankee Doodle Dandy will be. Mm. Yai. Mm. I feel like it might be some Lana Del Rey song. Yankee Doodle Dandy. I was going to say my neck, my back, but I think Ugh, that just okay. shows my age. That's <laughs> it's not. I guess that is our generation, yeah. technically. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, some uh, petition up on whitehouse.gov to change the uh, national anthem to uh, remix to Ignition. Ooh, I do mm. like that. Yeah. Yeah, but, no, that's our But R. That's Kelly our anthem. is canceled. Well, yes, I know. But <laughs> you have to separate the art from the artist, in my opinion. Uh, that shit's macaroni. I'm going to bring that back. That shit's macaroni? Yeah, things that are cool are macaroni. That's, oh, as in that's like... That's part of the Yankee dude. Yeah, put, he stuck put, a, feather put a feather in his, in his hat. hat and said, that shit's macaroni. Yeah. All right, you heard it here first. Yeah. Macaroni. It now means that stuff is cool. You know, it's macaroni giving us a hammy. Yeah. That in <laughs> three-pointed hats. Yeah, yeah. Also tri-corner hats, yeah. We do need to make it part of our political agenda to make hammy happen. Yeah, make hammy happen. Yeah. Bring back macaroni. Yeah, so everybody who wasn't tuning in, I think it was episode two. Um, yeah, <laughs> In Hammy. the last two minutes of episode two, for, <laughs> for the 99.8% of you listening now who did not hear that. Uh, yeah, Hammy me, is short for Hamilton, which is a $10 bill. So when we are asking you to throw us a Hammy, we're asking for 10 bucks. <laughs> or a half Hammy, which would be yeah, five. Yeah. It's really straightforward. Yeah. I don't know. A Desa Hammy? Desa Hammy. Is that a hundred? Right, that's a hundred. No, no, yeah, that's a hundred dollars. That's one. That's one. That's one. No, honey, it's a one. Oh, Desa. Senta. Okay. Senta. Senta. Senta Hammy. No, which would be a thousand. Yeah, right. That would be a thousand. Yeah. Deca Hammy, Deca I think, would be. That'd be Oh, okay. So no, I think that would be a um, Hammy-sided Hammy. Is well, that? that's a, also known as a Benny, or a Benji, or a double Hammy. I'll take Bennies, but not not the cash kind. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, Benji, Benji moons over my double Hammy. <laughs> that's pretty good david yes thank you <laughs> wait right, i think so... that one went over my head uh you go denny's you get moons over my hammy oh no i don't know yeah i don't know denny's nearly well enough um so i it's like two eggs and ham yeah it's something with ham nice so, so speaking anyway. of ham i'm about to go ham Ooh, go ham. Go off, King. Uh, so, yeah, people who have been listening to this podcast uh, are familiar with the um, the tragic death of Edson Thevenin uh, when he was murdered by Sergeant Randall Thre- French of um, the Troy Police Department on April 17th, uh, 2016. And so there's been a um, leak of an internal uh, investigation for people who hadn't listened to previous episodes um, that essentially... Proved, and this was work by the Troy Police Department. It was backed up by an additional um, internal report done, I believe, by the state um, attorney general's office or something. Um, and the, both of these reports concluded that um, Sergeant Randall French operated his vehicle recklessly, driving uh, Edson Thevenin's car into a concrete barrier, and then proceeded to uh, jump out of his car, uh, open fire on Edson Thevenin, um, and then put himself between the uh, barrier that he rammed Edson's car into and Edson's car. Um, And uh, apparently after uh, being shot, Edson Thevenin then pinned uh, Randall French to the uh, uh, concrete barrier with his car and uh, Randall French uh, summarily executed uh, Edson Thevenin uh, by shooting him um, a number of times. 
Um, and so, was was French even injured? Do we know? Was he? I I don't know specifically as to whether he was injured. I imagine he because he was he, on duty shortly after. We know that. Yes. So yeah. I mean, getting pinned by a car to it. Th- this is another thing. I don't want to like mm-hmm. take too much of a detour, but this is another thing that's kind of strange about the account is that if you get pinned by someone that really wants to pin you with purposefully a car. between a yeah. car and a concrete barrier, I feel like it's not going to be super easy for you to walk away from that. So after the internal investigation said that Randall French essentially murdered Edson Thevenin, um, the chief police and the mayor of Troy, uh, Mayor Patrick Madden, uh, decided that that wasn't an acceptable outcome of the investigation and uh, went ahead and purchased an additional uh, investigation uh, done by the uh, former Glenville police chief, uh, Michael D. Uh, Rinaldi. Um, and apparently um, that uh, memo, uh, which was um, much shorter than the uh, two internal investigations, refutes both of the uh, internal investigations done by the, um, the state attorney general's office and the Troy Police Department. However, that memo is being keep, kept secret. And that memo is being kept secret by the mayor and by the chief of police and Centeni, the uh, officer that uh, drafted the internal investigation that was leaked to the family of Edson Thevenin, um, has been barred from public testimony. Normal. And um, so Sergeant... Nothing to see here. Yeah. So within uh, days of this um, killing, um, Sergeant French was uh, brought before a grand jury and was given uh, immunity directly. By the uh, before, district attorney, Joel, Joel Abelov, yeah. Yeah, before any investigation could uh, be taken in place, um, which is ridiculous, but apparently this is something that the state can do. Um, and Well, it couldn't even really do that because Abelov got, uh, uh, had a fer- federal charges put up, pinned on him. Before that, for, for for that, that purpose? Yeah. No, wait, for this case? Yeah. I thought it was for something different. No, it was for this. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah for, so, uh, because he went ahead and convened a grand. He wasn't even supposed to convene oh, a grand jury right. because the state's uh, attorney general is supposed to take take it over. So he wasn't supposed to be doing anything. But he like jumped the gun, uh, gave that gave uh, French immunity and uh, convened he's a grand jury. Such a corrupt jury. piece of shit, and he yeah. somehow amazingly has like fervent support. Of course, um, and I don't, I don't understand. Of course, I don't know. So there's like like the city creates four different reports. We're not, we weren't even supposed to see any of them, right? Yes. It's only after one of them got leaked to... The family. Yeah, to Thevenin's family that we even knew any report existed. And there's four of them. And what drives me nuts is that last one that's like, tries to exonerate French. Basically, Apparently, it, it solidly refutes it, according to yeah. um, the mayor and everybody else who's keeping it secret. Right, and including the city council members, Republican and Democrat, that have uh, seen it. Yes. As, if they've said public statements, they all seem to be like, oh, wow, this is, it's different. Yep. Or something. But which, which one is it that says, like, basically French couldn't be at fault for anything because he was stressed out? So, he was so, so scared. Yeah. So apparently uh, this was an anonymous leak. Uh, but those familiar, uh, the Times Union uh, reports, um, those familiar with Rinaldi's memo said that it tries to refute Centennial's report by citing legal precedent on the use of force by law enforcement in psychological studies on the impact of high-stress situations on a police officer's decision-making. So the Rinaldi report, which is the, the one that the city count, that the, that the mayor bought for like 5,000 bucks or something? Yeah, eight, I think, but yeah. Yeah, like 8,000 bucks, yeah. He, he, so that, pretty cheap. that really short report, or relatively short report, 
says that French was too stressed out to collect correctly remember anything. And that's what that's the basically the basis that they have a defense yeah, against so, like several hundred page like multiple other internal reports. Yeah. Right, so yeah. if you're going to make a psychological argument, you can say the police cannot lie because they were stressed out. It, a, a guy got shot and died. Like, you know, people in those situations can't remember. So therefore, whatever they say isn't a lie. Also, the guy got shot. And wh- why did he get shot? That the um, the Centenni report says it was completely unnecessary. Why did he drive the uh, um, Edson's car into a concrete barrier? The, the Centenni report says that this was um, outrageous and reckless. Um, well, he was stressed out, so therefore QED. Nothing happened. There was no crime. You know, and this man just died, and it was a tragedy, and etc. So yeah, it's another instance of which we have just thousands upon thousands now of. Cops under stress get away with murder, literally, and citizens, civilians under stress are refusing to obey cops' orders. They're being belligerent. They're resisting arrest. And so they can be summarily executed for no reason whatsoever. And I mean, Thevenin was accused of blowing a DWI stop, right? That that, was originally what he was being pursued for in the first place. Yes. And so... You know, but but where is the where's the sympathy for Thevenin being scared, being detained by police, wanting to get the fuck out of there? Because who knows, you might get murdered at any moment. I mean, it, yeah, it's just a classic example of the incredibly cognitively dissonant double standard that exists for cops vis-a-vis civilians. So apparently a civil rights lawsuit is being uh, is ongoing between the widow and family of Edson Thevenin and the city of Troy. And um, council uh, people, the, the city council members, uh, were able to um, get access uh, under lock and key uh, to this uh, secret, you know, uh, memo that like exonerates Congress or something. Yeah, and and Y'all so need to relax. Uh, it's our Mueller report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, and and there are a number of uh, you know uh, city council members in Troy who you know I would count as friends of mine, like people that I've seen in social events, you know, acquaintances, people I've had long conversations with and, you know, trust the character of. Um, but everybody's being incredibly mum about this, even though all of the actual facts that are existing to the public paint a really terrible picture of a miscarriage of justice, a cover-up of a police murder by um, the Democratic uh, mayor of, of Troy. And so Anasha Cummings and TJ Kennedy both Democrats apparently said in their opinion after reading the 19-page memo that uh, Mayor Patrick Madden had refused to make public. Um, it puts a different perspective on the 69-page report written by Captain uh, Joseph L. Centeni that concluded that Sergeant Randall French was not justified in using deadly force when he fatally shot Edson Thevenin, 37, on April 17th, 2016, after forcing his Honda to crash into the barricade. So, so they, they read some sort of magical argument under lock and key that ha- that they think justifies murder and nobody else gets to read it yeah. for right. some reason it, it allegedly the lawyers the city lawyers trying to win this case against the family of edson thevin in the civil rights case are um saying that they want to keep the memo out of the public because it's part of an ongoing investigation but if know? it's such incredible evidence that just makes everything so gives such a, a new fresh perspective yeah like why on earth could it be? It's, it's incredibly anti-democratic to to make the argument that this would somehow impede the serving of justice by by, you know, allowing sunshine on it. Like it's and if you're going to use it in court, like, how does it make it less powerful 
when everyone knows it. Exactly. I mean, is it a jury trial? I, I don't know. I, I don't know the details of the yeah. trial. But we'll get to this because there's been a lot of public outrage associated with this cover-up of the police murder. And it would be an instant out-of-jail free card if the report actually brought to light any new types of facts and or could, like, actually refute any of the evidence or the, any of the statements that were uh, concluded by the uh, Attorney General's report or uh, the Centenni report, which was done by, you know, the Troy PD. Um, so, quote-unquote, the internal affairs report is uh, flawed, Kennedy, uh, T.J. Kennedy, said of the memo. Cummings said he, he's reading the Centenni report, quote, differently, given the broader perspective, unquote, after reviewing the Rinaldi memo. So I went out and I reached out to Anasha Cummings and David Bissember, and I said, frankly, I'm puzzled. I, you know, want to believe you. I see in the press that you're, uh, you have the mayor's back on this, but it looks to me that the mayor is covering up for a police murder. And as, you know, elected representatives who, you know, are, quote-unquote progressives, I would hope that you would be the people's representative to challenge this if it weren't above board. So can you explain where I'm wrong? Like, where's the lie? Like, am I misunderstanding this? And um, I basically got a response that was like, it's more complicated than you think. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's chat. Um, and uh, David uh, had said, yeah, we can meet about it. Um, uh, but you know, we haven't, you know, I said, you know, I'm really busy, but I can take a call at any time. Please reach out to me. And um, then I had sent them a synopsis done by the uh, uh, justice for Dominique and said, you know, where's the lie? Like, is there anything here that's incorrect? No response from either of them. So. And when did you ask them about when was your last contact with them that you haven't gotten a response from? Uh, I want to say, when was the action? That was Thursday? Thursday. Yes. Yeah, Thursday. yeah so Thursday. So several um, days now. Yeah. yeah, several days now. So you would have heard back if they yeah, planned so on Yeah, so I'm willing to, you know, admit that I'm wrong about my entire analysis of this situation, if in fact I am. But I, nothing has been presented to me whatsoever that makes this seem like not exactly what it looks like. And I am incredibly frustrated. And this is a town of 50,000 people, so not a big town at all, not a big city. Um, and the fact that we can't be putting more pressure on these elected representatives, wh what does a good cop do, right? They, like, police their own. Well, I think a good city council member polices their own. I think that the idea of somebody who, you know, would say, um, yeah, my, uh, the mayor should resign because this is clearly undemocratic. It's clearly uh, that it's very clear that he this is a cover up of a murder done by a police officer in the city of Troy against a citizen. And I would really like to believe that these people who, you know, get all of the kudos and support and I've donated to and, you know, have the, the people's back um, and they apparently don't or I got it all wrong. So let's figure it out. Uh, if anybody listening to this would like to try to get to the bottom of this like I am. Um, please reach out to Nasha Cummings and David Bissember and Mayor Madden, and we'll put their contact info in the show notes, because frankly, I'm incredibly infuriated by this whole situation. Like, fuck the Democratic Party if, in fact, this is the, the party apparatchiks and or the close relationship between uh, city council members in the police department and everything. Like, the real politique of all of this is what's actually keeping the truth from getting out. Uh, because right now, we don't have a lot to lose. Like, I went to the mayor forum, and I watched uh, the three candidates that were allowed to debate. There's another candidate who's probably going to get my vote, um, who's a uh, 
revolutionary communist uh, party member. She's a cashier at Walmart. But having watched this uh, mayoral uh, forum, all three candidates seemingly dog shit. All right wingers, absolutely. All trying right. to to get the exact same thing going across. I think all of them brought up independently that they want ring um, video cameras, uh, doorbells uh, put on everybody's doors. So that in, it's the, just the worst. Take. And so they're all about trying to say we're we're super about public safety and we want to be able to catch murders and all this stuff. And they said, look, because of all these cameras, these intrusive cameras that we've been installing for the last several decades in all the major intersections, we were able to catch the murder of these four innocent people. It was uh, two women and two children were like uh, killed. It was a brutal, uh, brutal, yeah. brutal murder. Brutal yeah. quadruple homicide. Right before and, Christmas, I think. Yeah, and like, yeah. if we're going to have a state and we're going to have cops, like, I would hope that they can catch brutal murders. Yeah, cool. They did their job once. Awesome. Yeah, like, yes, I don't exactly. know what... But how about the public safety when the police is the pe- person who's actually murdering you? Yeah. And so... It, like the ring doorbell cameras aren't going to stop that because the only thing that's going to stop that is people within the structures of power doing the right thing. And apparently they can't. So if our elected officials aren't going to be able to hold each other accountable, then, you know, it comes down to direct action and individual people um, because the citizens have everything to gain from having a government, which is accountable to the people and that, you know, will uh, take police accountability for murder seriously. Um, so what we've been doing is bird dogging the mayor, uh, the mayor of mayoral forum um, at every city council uh, event, and then most recently, this last past Thursday, we uh, interrupted the mayor's fundraiser. Um, and that fundraiser interruption was actually really lit. There was probably about yeah, forty cool. people that yeah. showed up, and uh, God bless his heart, Kristoff uh, uh, Ragliacci, uh, our our local clown hero showed up with um, drums and like a whole bunch of stuff from like Troy Samba. Um, and so all these noisemakers because they ended up just cranking the music. So we, I've we, never heard Frank Sinatra play that loudly. <laughs> they were just like cranking the Frank Sinatra while we're just like, like screaming and chanting about like, yeah. you know, like resign. Yeah. And like, and you, so uh, if you have a cover up, you know, like, yeah, resign. Yeah. So Naomi yeah, was, 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 uh, the lead organizer of this action. And we, we met, uh, uh, and down the street and we were talking and she came up with a, uh, chant, which was mayor Madden. It's well past time. Stop the cover up or resign. Yeah. yeah. And so we, we chanted this in unison for about 40 minutes and uh, mayor madden came out uh was flush faced looked really shook went inside everybody was you know pretty angry we were there we were interrupting their you know fancy picnic they were moving um, like cars yeah. to like block the sound and shit it yeah was, uh, yeah they, they were that was funny um but after a while uh we just said uh we changed the or to and <laughs> uh because you know at this point like you know uh yeah. nothing to lose yeah to cover up and resign please yeah please both yeah. um so yeah you know the, the direct action may or may not get the goods we need as many people involved in this as possible because this is really serious this really is serious like to the degree that a democrat majority um uh city council a democrat mayor it doesn't matter about party it really doesn't because if the police murder you in your city, every single structure of power in that city is going to have the back of that police officer. The only exception is if there's massive outrage, massive, massive outrage. And that's on all of us individually to generate and sustain. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just also just like wild that they don't even 
they don't even take responsibility for the cover up really like they just want it to go away right and and like i've been looking at all of the uh um pamphlets and election material all the propaganda that all the parties are putting out all the candidates are putting out and you know the even the like the republican guy the republican guy for mayor real is uh like his facebook banner has like all these different anglo speaking like like english speaking uh flags on his identity europa shit yeah it's like he's got these like facebook his facebook banner has like all the different flags of all the english-speaking countries like meshed together and it's like it's very clearly like not uh okay fucking nazi yeah he's like yeah, a fucking, he's nazi. A fucking nazi right and, and 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 wiltshire like broke bad at some point and but at least both of them are are at least being a little bit critical mostly to you know to you know to hit hit madden yeah but I mean, but, but, but what, what's what's just mind-boggling is that then you even look at uh city council members and they're not even mentioning this like on their pamphlets and they're not mentioning sanctuary cities either and if you look at every single or Republican, poverty, yeah, or... yeah, but the thing is, like, like any of the controversies that get that get stirred up, like the Republicans uh, uh, own it and use it and say we're against sanctuary cities, we are pro cop, and then the the Democrats don't say anything. Instead, they're like, I want a dog park, and like, oh, I like to have a like a, a complete streets, and like and like just like liberal bullshit. Uh, just like uh, no one balancing the budget yeah balancing the budget and uh, and a fun place to live and it's like like those things are fine but like our house is burning down and like i don't really it's just like remarkable that they don't seem to be able to find a base yeah. at all like and, they, and, they, and, they, and they don't excite anybody and at the mayor forum they scoffed at a question that was asked about climate change when a literal rainstorm, just a regular rainstorm, destroyed like several major roadways. Yeah, because, like in Troy this year, like w- things are coming off the rails. But also, and, and also, it like, wasn't a regular rainstorm though. It was a freakish, f- like fair, fair. massive wind. But no, my point was, I mean, it wasn't I think that brings the point home <laughs> even more. Yeah. is that it was like a major weather event that out of is nowhere, not out of normal nowhere. for this region at all. Yeah, out of nowhere that nobody predicted. The weather didn't see a co- yeah. Like, yeah i mean i'm just saying it's a poster child for climate change and its effects on like local weather and you and you have like republicans like just doing the usual thing about like oh where's our tax dollars going the city pools aren't open yeah the pools aren't open and it's like like why are we spending money on a seawall and it's like because the oceans are rising assholes and it's and like they won't even say that troy's not on the ocean We're not on the sea. Why do we need a seawall? Well, because we like the Hudson have... River is um, uh, tidal, which means it flows both ways up to and ending at the city of Troy. No, but like it's, it's not directly not to the ocean is <laughs> brackish. Ocean is no. salt in it. <laughs> it is not brackish. Hudson River is not brackish. Yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, it's increasingly less as you get up to us, but it is brackish water uh, because well, it flows in the bay and bo- Hudson Bay. Well, it flows both ways, so it's an estuary, oh which God. means here that we go. It, it, yeah, it's an nerd asteroid, alert. Which, nerd alert. which means that the water is uh, heading down from uh, you know all the mountains and, and everything into the Hudson uh, Valley, and then it flows out to the Atlantic Ocean. But the Hudson River actually will uh, rise and uh, flow in both directions depending on the tide. Um, but back to what I was saying, just so I can wrap it up, um, there's a cover up going on, and we need to end it as a population. And but not just in Troy, because. Nancy Pelosi is letting us know that she's going to end the cover-up 
of, I don't know, some boring conversation with the <laughs> president of Ukraine talking about Hunter Biden or something, but she yeah, didn't get I've, him this time. I've tried so hard to like, care, like educate myself on the whole impeachment thing. And I'm typically pretty good about following these like, you know, ultimate, like these kind of heady, like national political stories. But this one is just so boring. It's so boring, you guys. It's like Giuliani is being a prick and like, I don't know, Hunter Biden made some money and it's a bunch of other shit and some phone calls and it's just the most boring story ever. It's just rich people shit. It's just like rich people yeah, getting mad just... at other rich people. Right. And like, that's the only way you're ever going to get anyone impeached is if rich people are like angry at other rich people. That's all. Brown kids in cages doesn't care. Like if they whatever, die, whatever emolu- doesn't care. Yeah. Whatever emoluments means. They don't care. About, that was yeah. that was apparently a peach offense. How, however many dozen about that either. Yeah, however many dozen uh, weddings and like you know after work campfires. Yeah, get double tapped in Yemen yeah. and Afghanistan and no matter know. how many little kids they pass around among each other. <gasps> yeah, I might cut that out. Well, no, that, that, that that'll get some action. That that that'll, that'll get you killed. It's a little too much action, in uh, my opinion. They need to get less action. These rich folks. Have we oh found Jeffrey Epstein now? Did we find him yet? Yeah, remember when they murdered him? Like that was like less than six weeks right. ago. Right, it's it's already it's already in the in like the distant past. Yeah, yeah. like I'm already like thinking like when did when does Hunter Biden get killed? Right, like I... don't worry, Epstein is hanging out in Belize, drinking out of a coconut. Yeah, he's having a good probably. time. Don't worry, you guys. What if has anyone ever seen Hunter Biden and Jeffrey Epstein in the same room? Oh my god. Probably, because probably. he gives them a lot of money. <laughs> probably. We could probably Google that later. Uh... <laughs> All right. Thank you for backing me up on that, David. I was yeah. trying real hard. So anyway, if, if I have more uh, sort of mad guy energy uh, than I t- normally do, um, blame it on a couple of things. One is um, I've been getting more into activism because this kind of shit just cannot stand. And uh, two, I'm also on a sobriety break. So this is uh, 13 days now where I haven't had a beer, and um, it's a lot harder to be mellow. It's a lot harder not <laughs> oh, to uh, to deal with the um, the climate crisis and um, the local um, corruption and just the um, the banality and ever presentness of evil and how it seemingly you know demands my attention and uh, emotional you know concern. Is that why? You, is that why you uh, wrote? rage uh on your chest and blood <laughs> oh this little thing <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> yeah i know you put on the t-shirt dude but it's leaking through a little bit yeah, yeah it's, uh, i can definitely read rage that's yeah. on your chest I don't know if you, did you cut yourself into the, the re, write the word rage in your own blood or is it someone else's uh I, I don't know Should i we think i concerned? went into a fugue state uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is either chris's blood or the blood of chris's enemies we're not yeah. we're not clear yeah so chris can you tell us like what why now why? Why have you abandoned your friends, <laughs> alcohol and other friends? Uh, well, you know, it, to be honest, it's just um, it's a long time overdue. Like I haven't taken a break uh, for a month, really more than like three or four days uh, from having any alcohol at all, uh, probably since I started drinking, which was like 19. Mm-hmm. And I'm not like a super heavy drinker. Like I've gotten, you know, blackout drunk a couple times in my life. Um, but uh, a couple times huh? <laughs> well, one time I was in Japan that was actually really really freaky I, I got taken out by uh, a group of people at the Asahi Kase uh, when I was uh, on a uh, work dinner and those guys can drink 
and I woke up in a um, hotel room uh, about four hours after I should have, and I was, I had no idea how I got there. I had like a cut on my arm, and that was freaky, because no one in Japan speaks English, and I speak no Japanese, so I have no idea how I got back to my hotel room. And when I went oh, to... Oh, it was your hotel room? Yeah, it, okay, was, it was my cool. hotel that's room. That's different. Yeah, yeah okay. it was my hotel was, room. I was thinking um, something else happened. But I, when I went to uh, work, uh, I tried to figure out, like, did you guys get me home? Like, how, how did this happen? And um, the only guy that I was hanging out with that late in the, the night also has no memory. <laughs> so, but anyway. Uh, that, Life that, finds a way. Yeah, that, that's, an, that's an exception to the rule. Uh, normally, I'm not that heavy of a drinker. I just like to drink like two beers-ish a night. I just really like beer. And it definitely has a calming effect. Um, it helps yeah, me like absolutely. unwind and relax. Um, and I've been finding that it's way easier to dream and way harder to fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, you know, just sitting there at night uh, and my mind is going a million miles a minute and I'm just thinking about everything and my place in relation to it. Uh, and there isn't that, you know, sweet embrace of the, the nectar of the gods. <laughs> I, I too have gone through periods of um, like kind of enforced sobriety for like longer stretches of time. And I, one of the reasons that it's very difficult for me to do is actually the dreaming that you mentioned. Mm, Cause I yeah. have, I have like horrific, often recurring dreams. Oh no. Um, during periods of complete sobriety that are like haunting. Yeah, you don't need um, to talk about them, but like No, I won't. Yeah. Well, you guys don't want to hear about them. Anyway, sure. so yeah. A little darkness in all of us, buddy. And that's that's why we that's why we drink the nice juice. Yeah. <laughs> to 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 calm the darkness. Yeah. But, but maybe you'll get uh the next dream uh after that one will be a really nice debt. Uh a free dream, you know? You know, and I was I was talking to my mom about this actually a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, nobody has like nice dreams. And my mom was like, I have nice dreams. And then it became like my mission to find out like, no, nobody has nice. Like, so I'm asking David, I'm like, you don't have like nice dreams, do you? And he's like, yeah, I have nice dreams. And then I go on Reddit and I went on like the too scared to ask subreddit. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, Nobody has like nice dreams, right? Yeah. And there's all these people that are like, yeah, I have nice dreams. So basically, fuck the world. Fuck you. <laughs> if you're listening and you have nice dreams, kiss my ass. I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, I, I have uh, pretty pleasant dreams often, but more than that, I have because, uh, you know, like with the sobriety, like the dreams come like crazy. Like I'll wake up like five times in the morning because I can't stay asleep. But every one of those five times, I'll have like a crazy dream that seems to last hours. And they are less likely nightmares and less likely really pleasant, more likely totally bizarre, mm. like absolutely bizarre, like versions of humans that aren't entirely human, like sort of a cross between like uh, the Hulk and uh, did you guys ever play Legend of Zelda? Oh, yeah. Gorons. I had a Goron dream Ooh. the other day. Where they they were just hucking each other around. They were like grabbing each other by the hand, like throwing them like up hills and stuff. And uh, yeah. Weird stuff. All right, I'm just gonna say the only thing like more boring than the impeachment scandal is other people's dreams. So okay, we yeah, shouldn't yeah. go too far into it. All right. When I, sometimes David will wake up in the morning and he'll be like, "I had a dream last night, and I feel my eyes physically glaze over. <laughs> like the second the words I have, I had a dream last night. It's not like MLK speech. Yeah, yeah. It's boring. Yeah. Thank God people didn't tune out when he was talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I feel like they might have yeah the straight too real at the, at the state of art too real <laughs> that's not too real 
So I bought my first Crunchwrap Supreme a while ago. I, you know, my my go to I think is the number six. It's like two chalupas and a uh, Taco Supreme. And I gotta say, if anyone from Taco Bell is uh is is listening to this, and especially the Taco Bell next to Hudson Valley Community College, like the it, what's advertised in the picture is way out of proportion to what yeah. I got. Yeah, it's like the the thing in the picture looks enormous and like juicy and big and thick oh, and I'm sexualizing the, chili- the country app. I'm sorry. What was the girth? Yeah, it's it's girthy. It looked girthy, but then you get it and it's like like I don't know, it was like less than an inch thick. Aren't you know. glad you don't have to go on Tinder? Yeah, right. (laughs) This would just be your day to day life. Yeah, be disappointed. Yeah. Can I also say Taco Bell got rid of the XXL grilled stuffed burrito, and I think that is horseshit. That's violent because that was like my favorite menu item at Taco Bell was the grilled XXL stuffed burrito. Yeah, and they got rid of it. That sucks. Do they still have the double decker taco? I don't even know. I don't think they do, dude. I was getting a little nervous because, like you Taco said, Bell double duck, sucks now. Double Taco decker Bell. taco, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know where they are. I don't know what that you is. You used to be able to go to Taco Bell and get a feast for fucking ten high people for like twenty bucks. Now, two like moderately stoned people can barely get out of there for twenty five bucks. I mean, highway robbery. Yeah. It's this, you know... Bernie, help us! Socialize Taco Bell today, tomorrow, forever. I don't know. I think the fact that you think that Bernie can solve this Taco Bell problem and not Elizabeth Warren makes you a fucking virulent misogynist. (laughs) Body shot, body shot. (laughs) And you're off the pod. Uh, David Banks, hashtag canceled. Because he thinks that Bernie Sanders is going to give us uh, actually delicious supreme. What did you order? Uh, crunch wrap. Uh, the crunch wrap supreme. Why do you think Bernie's crunch wrap is going to be thicker and moister and girthier <laughs> than Elizabeth Warren's crunch wrap? Yeah, uh, you have nothing to say. Uh, <laughs> look, he's been advocating for crunch wrap supremes <laughs> since the 60s, while Elizabeth Warren was a Republican that ate at. Uh, uh, Bennigan's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you like your Fuddruckers, you can keep it. <laughs> Speaking of political parties being bullshit, uh, as we all know, it happened a while ago. But Working Families Parties, Working Families Party endorsed Elizabeth Warren, and. Totally above board, normal, Yeah, like, so this is what I really, I don't understand, is how... They they didn't endorse Bernie last year. They did. did. Oh, they did? In 2016, they did. Ah, Yeah, they did. Versus Clinton. Like, yeah. Okay. And I believe, I may be wrong about this, don't fact check Mm -hmm. me, I don't want to fucking hear it, (laughs) I think they released the vote records in 2016 when they did. I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't even know they did it. Either way, they, they won't release them this year, and they're not saying why, um, other than basically just saying, like, we're not a democratic organization, which, if that's the case, maybe you shouldn't be a party for Democrats. Because, well, like, let's face it, that's what a lot of Working Families Party is. It's like, Democrat, like Democrats who, like, wish the Dems would just maybe 
be a little more union friendly. That's essentially what it is. It's it's the protest line, right? Right. Like, like you can vote for the same exact person, but under the Working Family Party's column, at least in New York, you can do that. And it's just like your way of saying do better. And they probably never even notice that you've done that. Yeah, or like in or, Troy, or you can work shit. for Carmelo Mantello, a fucking rabid Republican on the Working Family Party's yes. line. You can do that too. Yeah, I think that, you know, we were talking earlier, uh, I think, fuck, like episode three or something when I was running for uh, the Green the Party. Greens, uh, yeah. yeah. About how uh, bullshit fusion voting is and yeah. uh, the whole opportunity to ballot process that allows, you know, people who are on the Republican ticket or the independent or the Democrat to basically get on these various party uh, platforms uh, on these primaries that like almost nobody shows up to um, the, the whole working families thing. It's like, how, how do you even have a vote for that? Like, do pe- are people registered working family party members? Like, are, do they get consulted online or by phone? Did they go to a ballot booth to determine whether or not, um, Warren or Sanders or Kamala Harris or whoever should get the Democratic uh, nomination. Also, isn't it early? Like, there's still how many Democratic uh, candidates that uh, haven't dropped out yet? Like, it's it's a ridiculous uh, field uh, right now. And the idea of supporting um, uh, Warren over Sanders, like, I don't really even see what the point is well, like it, why well the point is that they're trying to call the herd and they want bernie out first i mean because... so so why would the working families party and i'm using air quotes here you are it's true uh, i can see them they're so big <laughs> <laughs> david you need to settle down <laughs> the uh but wh- why would why would they uh try and box I'm out sorry, Connie. the, the the, the only person who's describing himself as a socialist, like uh, the only person who is, you know, uh, throughout his entire tenure in the Senate, been advocating for union workers and minorities and was well, so- uh, pro uh, uh, LGBTQ, you know, like. Before, yeah, like, like, really, like, I was watching something like in 1995. So where here's, he was, here's where we wade into yeah. some murky waters and. So, like, the the Working Families Party, from what I understand, and I am by no means a Working Families Party scholar, um, and they have fairly recently had some had a lot of new leadership. And part of the controversy, from what I understand, is that a lot of the new leadership is people of color. So, a lot of the criticism of this recent endorsement being levied at the new leadership of the Working Families Party is now being framed as like a bunch of white Bernie Bros uh, hate the like new black leadership of the working families party. And that's why there's like this virulent backlash. Right. Huh. Um, so how does all of that connect? I don't really know. I mean, maybe like this new leadership is just very different than whoever the folks at the top of the working family party was in 2016. Um, I don't know. Is there like a, is there a cabal of like anti Bernie democratic operatives at, at play here? Like, Maybe most I don't likely. Know. Like yeah, yeah well, probably. No, well, well, they, they they have like a basically a super delegate system in their party, and they're not released, right. and that accounted for like fifty percent of the vote total. Right? It was like there was like the the rank and file, and then like super, basically super delegates, and they're not releasing how that broke down. And I remember hearing something about how like people who did vote in it as rank and file, like you're not finding very many Warren supporters yes. in that. So it <clears> seems. Yeah, that is, seems that is a true. little bit fishy. 
Well, I, I don't really know anything about the Working Families Party, so it's hard for me to comment much on this. But something that I've been seeing a lot of is this whole debate about um, Sanders and Warren and like, you know, one being, you know, uh, you know, vigorously supported by the mainstream media in opposition to the other. And that strikes me as sort of, you know, curious on its face. And then, you know, a whole bunch of other people, while making this argument of like, you know, yeah, like, obviously, Warren is, is, is you know, the, the candidate that's more electable, you know, even though she totally got owned by Trump multiple times and into basically coming out and saying and doing some really racist stuff. And like, uh, yeah, she contributed are... to the powwow cookbook. Like, yeah. she has her name in something called the Pow yeah. Wow Cookbook. Well, yeah, well, she's 187th God. Cherokee princess. How is, so you need to step <laughs> back, check your, fucking, her, check your fucking Jewish privilege, and relax. Her, her actual uh, DNA test or whatever that, you know, Trump convinced her to actually get, and then she thought this would be she's convincing, so dumb. was That's like 0.05% so or You're something so ridiculous. You're so dumb. Don't do that. Yeah, so it was embarrassing. And, like, don't get me wrong. Like, Elizabeth Warren is been an outspoken uh, enemy of uh, like a lot of the consolidation of the banks and a lot of the fucked up shit that they did during the uh, 2007 crisis. And she's in the, as a Senator has been like arguing for a lot of legislation and policy that I want to go through. Like I see her as very much an ally to the left in general. Yeah. I like um, her work with the consumer protections bureau, consumer yeah. protections bureau. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, she the last, what, for the 13 years, ever since, like, she went on The Daily Show that one time. She's yeah. been cool since then. And she's yeah. talked about, but, you know, bailing out uh, student debt to a huge amount. She's basically taking... very means-tested, though. But but even still, but like, yes. she's, she's more than any of the other candidates in the race, besides Bernie, um, adopted a ton of really progressive or leftist or pro-people, anti- corporate anti you know uh elite uh like wealth she wants she has wants to have a wealth tax like there's a lot of stuff that she, yeah, she wants she's to my do. hot fourth place fourth <laughs> fourth fourth place choice after uh bernie and then marianne and oh, then yeah. yang and yeah, then warren yeah, well, yeah, yeah. twelve thousand a year would be pretty dope but uh yeah uh, uh i guess what i'm saying is that i don't want to demonize elizabeth warren in any way and i don't think that that's a good strategy for people who really uh uh are um, you know, trying to get Bernie elected to to do, but that's not even what I think they're doing. I think they're being accused of that. And what is happening whenever who's I they, actually, who's the they in that Bernie sentence? Bros? Oh or, yeah, you know yourself included. I don't know. I kind of want to demonize Liz Warren, but, but 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 the point that I see is that there's a ton of people saying, "Look, like she's so much better," and they're basically the same. And like I think that that those arguments are contradictory to each other in the first place and first off she's she's not exactly the same as bernie. it's very different they have yeah, very different incredibly a lot different of policy different stuff. Like, like student debt is one of them where like bernie says cancel all of it and with warren it's like fifty thousand dollars and uh for everyone in a family un earning under a hundred thousand dollars and then after that it's like every thousand dollars you lose another three thousand dollars of student debt relief or something it's different it's like but super the, but the thing that the beyond like any of the actual policies the thing the only thing i care about is like their theory of change and how they think you get those things mm -hmm. and i would pick someone who understands that you change things through uh building power not plans mm -hmm. and bernie sanders is all about you know not me we or us 
and uh that's uh like that makes sense like that yeah. is actually how you get change versus the warren model which is you know like you have the right plan and you're competent enough to make it all work yeah we, you're did, wonky we did enough. that for eight years under obama we had a harvard law professor as our president and it did jack shit it doesn't mm-hmm. work it doesn't matter because if you don't have a congress if you don't have people like in the streets demanding it and like pushing people to do what you said you were going to do nothing happens yeah so it doesn't matter how great and like shiny and complicated her plans are or how smart she is that doesn't matter we've yeah. we've realized that that does not matter. also we can, have to learn it, that. and when it comes down to electability the whole idea is how do you motivate the majority of americans which are non-voters how do you get the people who could vote but haven't because they don't see a reason to especially in the last election to get out to the polls. And I do not see Warren activating a new voting contingency. And right. I do see Bernie doing that because he already did. A lot of the people that came out and uh, were uh, organizing for Bernie uh, in the 2016 election had never done that for anybody before. And he, he was packing stadiums by the end of it uh, with people who, the majority of which were people who would describe themselves as pretty disaffected voters. So the idea of somebody who, you know, was a Republican until what, 1996, yeah. 1997, something like that, um, coming out as this like radical, <clears throat> like progressive that's going to, you know, move the grassroots and somehow maintain the big tent with the, of the Democratic Party that includes the billionaire donor class. And like, you know, how, that she's going to somehow technocratically like thread the needle and get everybody to come along and then do that. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. And then the, I would very much like, this is something about American politics that's frustrating. It's like, I'd love to, to see Donald Trump and uh, Elizabeth Warren in an argument. And I'd love to see Bernie Sanders and uh, Donald Trump in an argument. I feel like they we should can't... just they should just bring Trump into these Democratic primaries. Yeah, like wouldn't I that just... be dope? He would love it. Yeah, I he would, would love it. it. Yeah. We would all love it. We would all love it. We'd all num 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 num. Just eat it up. <laughs> Everyone would just eat it up. Like uh, the the ratings would just go through the roof. Everyone, pretty much everyone except for the abstract idea of democracy and uh, justice would win. (laughs) Trump Trump wins mostly though. Yeah, Yeah. let's be real about that. I mean, that's the superpower though. Like when you are yourself the spectacle, and you are completely shameless. It's like that that thing. It's like he nothing can stick to him. We're never we're never gonna see it. But I really wanted to see Marianne Williams. Uh, and and Trump duke it out on stage. Oh, yeah. the spiritual battle. Yeah, you know? I would just it would just be like a like a Dragon Ball Z match. You know, and they'd just be like charging up. Which one of us can do five thousand? Which of you can do the best 9, Trump 000. accent? I'll write a skit for it. Oh, uh, all right, uh, uh, Trump I, battle. Come on, no, now, right now, no. on air. I'm not editing any of it out. Do oh, it. Oh fuck. Uh, uh. Ultimately, I I think it's a really bad idea for there to be a strong schism between the people who are at least saying they would support uh, Elizabeth Warren and people who really want Bernie Sanders to um, uh, get in the presidency, because ultimately that's a voting contingent that needs to be like aligned behind the policies, whatever, whichever person brings them up. I just want to point out that Elizabeth is going to lose. And that like that for me is the biggest, uh, mm. uh, you know, issue is like, I just do not, yeah, she's see, not going to be Trump. I just do not see a, a, like, as far as pure electability goes, there's no way that Elizabeth Warren is going to beat Donald Trump in America in 2019 or 2020. Like we aren't there and not because of her gender, because of everything about her. 
Yeah. And um, that like the, the reason why uh, Bernie Sanders can get people who are currently disaffected fired up is because he has been about that shit his entire life. And what he is saying right now is music to a lot of people's ears. He's saying thing we about, need rent control. Yeah. The vast Here's majority the of people in America rent. Moment, like political and cultural moment that um that there's like a an, an intense craving and hunger for things to feel real because you can look around at your world and know that something is not quite right. Something is a little bit off. Something is a bit synthetic. It's a bit posed. And Elizabeth Warren is just as synthetic and posed and and not quite real as really, I think, any other mainstream Democratic politician. Yeah, she can spout policy proposals that are slightly left of Democratic center, but A, they're all just means-tested bullshit that's not significantly different from anything Hillary Clinton was proposing, in my opinion, although her rhetoric is slightly further left. But she doesn't feel, when you see her talk, when you see her at rallies, like, she does not convince me that she gives a fuck about anybody. And you know what? Back in the 90s, when she was supposedly transitioning to be a Democrat, she was fucking flipping houses in Oklahoma City. That doesn't in and of itself make you a class enemy to my mind. But like Bernie Sanders has been a public servant for his entire adult life. He has done nothing but write policy and bills and vote and get shit passed. And you know what? Get a lot of shit not passed. And people hold that against him as if it's somehow an indictment on his ability as a politician. Fuck that. Like working hard and failing over and over and over again and continuing to work is, to my mind, like a better um, indication of his character and his uh, persistence and his fortitude as a politician than anything else. She is just a faker. And she's saying what is popular only because it is popular. And she's only been saying it since it became popular. And he's been saying the same shit since, I don't know, like 1913 or whenever he started being a politician. Yeah, I find it odd that she came out in support of uh, Hillary Clinton uh, against Bernie. Uh, yeah, during and fuck the... her for that. No, no, she she didn't endorse anyone. She, yeah, but she. Yeah, it was it was a it was a inter- implied endorsement to Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she. Oh, but really? she gave interviews. Yeah, but she never actually in- oh, endorsed. Anyone. No, she never formally endorsed anybody. But anyway, my my point being that. It's really convenient for her now after not endorsing him when her endorsement would have meant a lot in 2016. It's really convenient for her to now just snatch up all of his rhetorical positions. And she's getting all this cred now for being like the smart wonky one with, yeah, with the plan, better, the with plans, better yeah. policies, with better, more fleshed out policies than he has, which is like he's been writing bills for the Senate since, since well, he's been writing bills in the Senate when she was flipping houses in Oklahoma City. So fuck that. Fuck that argument. And, the, the, and when people say like she has good plans, what they mean is she has complicated plans. Right. And they and people always people, I don't know, like libs, like love a good complicated plan. Because that makes it seem more doable. Do, yeah, or doable or like be, it's just better because it's more complicated. and. And good things are complicated yeah. because that's because that requires professionals to parse them out and to and to use them. I, right. And if it's just like cancel all debt, it was like you don't need Matt Iglesias to, uh, you know, do an explainer on that for you. It's just there was debt and now there's none. And like and like and they're like, that's not a plan. And like, yes, it is. That is so obviously a plan. And I, it's a good plan. And instead of instead of like, well, you know, in this with a in this tax bracket, you know, this happens in this tax bracket. That happens. Well, I, I like that's you know, like they think that that's a plan because it's complicated. It doesn't make any sense. 
I wonder if people's willingness to accept that type of logic underlies like a deeper psychological understanding of the fact that if we were to really take on the moneyed classes in the United States, that it would be a really rough like battle and that like it would involve and require a ton of mobilization of people to like get out there and actually do stuff instead uh, of simply and like because uh, yeah. I think that's the the critique that can be very seriously levied against Bernie Sanders is that the idea of people who are standing for him um you know vote him in and I think we all know nothing's going to happen if that's all that's done right nothing is going to happen which is because- exactly what Obama did with his, with a uh, uh, change for America, right? Is that what it was called? H- hope and change, you know, like change no, for America. Ch- yeah, yeah. It was, yeah his org- he had an organization called Change for America yeah. that got him elected, and then it and they just let it fall apart when he once yeah. he got into office. And also Acorn, remember Acorn? Yeah, like that. That uh, um, they got canceled though. They, no, they got they, <laughs> yeah. They had some busing in of people. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, no. So like, no, they got James O'Keefe. Yeah. yeah, there right? was that whole yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, yeah. and, uh, Veritas Project. Yeah, Veritas. Project Veritas. And like, like oh, Acorn was immensely like uh, uh, crucial yeah. to him being elected, and he did nothing to help them. No, well, he didn't. absolutely nothing. So, so I think people who would prefer Warren to uh, Sanders are saying like, ultimately, I am willing to take half measure because I know that the idea of eliminating all student debt actually greening our industrial grid and fighting the fossil fuel industry um like uh creating a medicare for all and eliminating all private health insurance like is essentially an overthrow she doesn't want to eliminate all private health insurance exactly but my point is that those are the policies that bernie is is running on and that to actually get those things to materialize is not simply voting for bernie now it's all done that what would actually be required, it would be voting for Bernie and then having a political and economic and social revolution every single day throughout the entire nation that would need to mobilize millions to use tactics like nonviolent direct action and civil disobedience and actually shutting down like the flows. Like the only way that any of these things could actually, like, you know, the, the phrase, the billionaires won't let you vote away their billions. Like, of course, of course they won't. The whole system is set up to benefit the top people in our society. It's all a structure to do that. So if a president is open or a presidential candidate is openly saying, I want to fuck with the most powerful interests in the planet for the benefit of everybody else, there's like an implied understanding that I think everybody really gets that's like, oh shit, it's about to get real. And like, I'm probably going to be called on to like stop business as usual to like help this process actually happen. I mean, if you look at like historical uh, precedent, like the, 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 the New Deal, the only way the New Deal happened was that the country was burgeoning on insurrection. Anarchists it, threatened to yeah. behead every every politician yeah, in it, national it, government. It yes. was a deal. It was like, it was like <laughs> let us stay in power. Yeah, Donnie yeah, Deal. Yeah, yeah. It's good, yeah. It was a beautiful deal. Where between, it was the best trade yeah, deal in history. Yeah, yeah. So, the Italian, so, the Italian anarchists actually, are coming for me. That's not nice. It's not nice. That's They're actually not nice. the real danger of Liz Warren, is that she is a beautiful lie that tells you that you don't actually have to do all of that hard work. And you don't actually have to be ready to disrupt society and become part of a movement. Yeah, or piss that's off your like, boss. That's yeah. why David talking about the theory of change being what really, yes, their policy positions are different. Their proposals are very different. 
But what's most importantly different about them is their theory of change. Yeah. And Elizabeth Warren is a beautiful lie that Democrats can tell themselves that they can have all of these really nice policy positions and all of these things will somehow magically happen through a legislature that's been broken for three fucking yeah. decades. Whereas Bernie Sanders is the... I saw a thing today that was like, um, truth is like poetry. Nobody fucking likes it. <laughs> and that is what... That's what... Bernie Sanders is. Uh, and he talks, you know, sometimes he comes out with these like, well, we can do this through, you know, a budget reconciliation, which is true. Yeah. You know, and there's a lot of shit that he can get done that and way. Executive and the executive and... branch is more powerful now than it really has ever been yeah. in the history of America, which can go one of two very different ways, depending yeah. on who gets elected or reelected next yeah. next year. But, so so it, it, per, perhaps Bernie's hinting at he's going to use the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, which put into uh, law the ability to disappear, torture, uh, destroy, uh, assassinate anybody uh, suspected of terrorism, uh, which also doesn't have a legal definition. Um, and maybe he's hinting at using those uh, strong um, executive powers just on the billionaires. Yeah, yeah. Be like, actually, um, I believe the real terrorism is uh, being operated from the boardrooms. Yeah. So I have uh, used my predator uh, surveillance drones and the... Uh... <laughs> I've always been a fan of kind of a Caesar-esque uh, temporary benevolent boy king where we could just like all say, all right, you got, you got five years. Just we'll give you all the power and you fix it. And so it's if like you the fuck purge. things up too bad, we're gonna take you out. So it's like the purge for one person. Um. Well, no, it's not like the purge because the purge is everybody, and this is but one the idea is like, again la- of benevolent yeah. boy king. <laughs> boy benevolent king. Benevolent boy voice. king. And what I'm saying is, we just make Bernie our benevolent boy king, and then after that, we'll go back to this whole democracy thing. Yeah. 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 You know, this time the Caesar. Uh, we'll go political structure right. yeah, will work. It'll go correctly. fine. It'll go fine this time. Yeah. But but to like finish up that point I was trying to make earlier is that this is actually my problem with Elizabeth Warren is that she fucking knows she's lying. She served in the legislature for how long now? She knows that when she parades around on stage and says we can do this and we can do that and we'll do it because I'm so smart and wonky and I have all of these bills and these plans, she is smart enough to know that none of that shit is ever going to happen. And so was Bernie. But the difference is that he goes up there at every campaign event, at every debate, and he says, this can only happen with a political revolution and a movement. And you don't hear her saying that shit. And it's because she doesn't fucking mean it. And Elizabeth Warren's daughter is a healthcare company uh, lawyer. Mm. So, so like, you... maybe she doesn't want to like take her daughter's job away, you know, yeah. think about it. So, so if you are an Elizabeth uh, Warren fan and you're somehow listening to this podcast and you, are, you know, uh, feel slighted by any of our critiques or, you know, uh, skepticism about her uh, sincerity, um, try to disregard our opinions of her and try to see the, um, the, the, the congruency between the reasons that you are supporting her and the reasons why we are supporting you know, Bernie or it, like, it's not ultimately about the person. It's about where we're going as a society. And I think there's so much overlap between like, at least if you believe the people who are s- standing for Elizabeth Warren, th- those people and the people who are, uh, you know, the, the Bernie uh, bros and bras, you know, uh, I think that there, there's a lot of uh, ability for, and I think it's really critical that this is something that isn't uh niche. And I think that like the, like, I've I've had this uh this uh phrase woke scold 
like bouncing around in my brain for like the last several weeks. And I think that like, you know, it's part of just being on Twitter. Um, it seems like that's so much what is dominating people's attention. And like, uh, and I think that it's like, it's, it's frustrating because there's so much common ground and there's so many things that we're like really about uh, that are, that unite us, you know, and I I know I sound very like touchy feely or whatever, but like, I think that the vast majority of Americans and not only Americans, the whole world wants very similar things. They want, you know, a distribution of wealth that's somewhat equitable. They want a livable planet for their great, great grandkids to inherit. They want a job that has meaning and dignity. They want food and uh, clothes and shelter and all of the needs like available to be easily fulfilled by every single person in the, the whole world. And I think that, I don't know, like, I think we can get there and I think it's going to take all of us. And I think that like somehow we have to figure out how to, um, you know, work together toward these common dreams and like, yeah. I don't know. I just think Bernie Sanders is getting Bernie Sanders to become the president of the United States and then raising hell every single day to fight the interests that are against those common dreams is the way that we collectively try to most likely have the best chance of bringing them about. Yeah, you know, you know, if, if you're if you're a ter- terminally nerdy, right, and uh, you need this explained like a you, different you mean- way. Yeah, uh, it's like an election is like setting the hexagons on a game of settlers of Catan. Like like building the board, building the board, building the board is an election. Okay. But you haven't won fucking anything. The game just started. And now that Yeah, build roads. Yeah, yeah, and now that the board is set and the election's over, now you play the game. And it's all a matter of like did you make a good board? Is does the board favor you? I got I got like, wheat for brick. Yeah. Do you have any brick? I got, I got sheep. some stone. I got sheep. Sheep, I got sheep for ore. <laughs> stone Cold Steve Austin 316 in the back. That's a really, really, that's a fantastic analogy, actually, David. Um, Thank you. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being very yeah, sincere. No, I know it's a good analogy. Why not? You can see my face, so you know I'm being sincere. But I just wanted the yeah. listener to know that I'm also being sincere. Yeah, because I think most people, and this is, again, to go back to my critique of um, both Warren and, and, and this is not, I don't mean this critique to be directed at people who just like Elizabeth Warren, because I know so much of our politics now is cult of personality. Mm -hmm. I mean, specifically the people who argue that there's no meaningful distinction between her and Bernie Sanders, and that if you do not like her and you prefer Bernie Sanders, you are a misogynist. Mm. And this is what I will say to them, is that people tend to think of elections as end games, and that if Mm -hmm. you can just get the right person in office, then you have won something meaningful. But like David is saying, um, an election sets the environment, you know, it sort of, yeah. it's, it's, it's like the, it's like the smallest piece of a massive puzzle that makes up. And that's why, and here, like my cynicism will butt up against your like really beautiful, meaningful optimism, Chris, which is really my favorite thing about my week is coming here and listening to your hope <laughs> because it's really, it's the only thing that keeps me, um, going at this point. But like, so this criticism is really directed at those people who think that there are no substantive dis- differences between the two, except for that one is a woman and otherwise you're a misogynist if you don't support Elizabeth Warren, is that you have like a different um, idea of what elections are about and what their purpose is. And so it, it don't, I don't just mean it to be like finger wagging at people who don't like the candidate that I like. It's really people who politicize it in a way that I think is really disingenuous. 
and 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 those people i think broadly know exactly what they're doing and they're they're doing it for 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 points for internet points for brownie points for a political score so they can get a job somewhere downstream working for fucking politico or you know whoever working families party or whoever else they work for but but I think that maybe they're not so self-aware about this. I mean, there's a lot of people right now that think that, you know, America under Donald Trump is, you know, like that Donald Trump's the worst Republican president we've ever had or like the worst president we've ever had. And when you think about that in a material basis, like George Bush killed like over a million innocent people. Yeah. yeah. Like started a lot of wars. Like Donald Trump has not done that. Donald Trump has has taken the leash off of the uh, American military state in terms of its uh, drone bombings and hasn't been signing off in every single he killing. He put a bunch of, of friends of his friends in office and yeah. they've all made a bunch of money. Yeah, he enriched yeah. a bunch of billionaires. He gave 1.8 uh, trillion dollars away to the vast majority of it uh, to the richest people on the planet. So yeah, in my opinion, Donald Trump is very far from the worst president we've ever had. Yeah. He's maybe the worst human being in terms of his personal life and like <laughs> maybe the cultural effect of, that he's had you know he's really dick cheney is the worst republican president <laughs> we ever had and i think we all know it but but you know like i think there's a lot of people that do live in that symbolic world mm-hmm. and and um and and that that's their end game is like changing the symbols will make them feel better and and if in even if it, the policies don't come like you know if, like they'll they'll be about it i see myself in in power someone that looks like me or sounds like me or thinks like or who i think thinks like me is in power and therefore that's my team and therefore i have won and and yeah yeah which is utterly in line with like the kind of representational identity politics that a lot a lot of liberals spend such a great deal of their time on which is like who is you know how many um, protagonists in film are of different identities and, you know, like whether or not, I think it's part of the same end game, which is that you get caught up in a symbolic system that feels so much more, not that those things have no meaning, they certainly have meaning, but they don't have the entirety of meaning. Like there is, an, there is a whole like material world that has a very different type of substantive effect on our day-to-day lives that is not representational. Or when like, you know, it's it's this. I feel like this always happens when there is a acute lack of democratic, like real options on the table. He's like, if you can't decide between two meaningful choices for like a leader or policies or something like that, then you look for meaning elsewhere, and uh, and you have these irresolvable differences with other people, both believed and real. Uh, real people and real issues or believed yeah and uh um and if you can't settle them in politics you settle them in culture and they become yeah these these uh proxy wars for all these different things that you know like obviously there are like real benefits to real people for like seeing for seeing those sorts of representational things happening in pop culture like i don't want to necessarily minimize that but it's also like that's not getting anyone fed except for like the the Except for the bajillion dollar a year actor. Who, yeah, 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 yeah. When FDR first got elected in 32, I, I forgot who he was talking to, but he, you know, he said, like, I agree with you. I want to do it. Usually, I think he was talking about New Deal policies that he ran on. And he's like, now make me do it. Yeah. You know? and, like, and it, because he, it, was a, it was a blatant recognition that, like, you got me in the, into office, but now that by virtue of the office, everyone will try to get me to do what they want me to do and i need 
the like a force pushing me just because that's how that's how the way we've set up this system is that like you need a constituency to push you forward and to put pressure on all the other levers of power that the president doesn't have so it's you know and and no amount of fancy plans fancy dan plans <laughs> ds9 reference <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, well, like, Fancy Dan is a reference outside of DS9, but yes, that is how it's relevant to your life. I yes, know. it is. Uh, well, I, I am into baseball too. I, okay, sorry. Uh, but you know, like, the, but, but you know, like that's 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 the idea is that like you know, like everyone can run on plans. That's that's great and fine, but like only one candidate is 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 actually talking about the plan to get anything done. Like that's a plan. Yeah, that's I think the 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 biggest difference between Sanders and anybody else who's run for office at the national level in our lifetimes is that he, it's not so much about like what he stands for, um, which is all important and good and why I like him, but it's actually how he believes that things get accomplished and how he has proven time and again, that things get accomplished. I think think distinguishes him. I think that's very telling though, that like, that the method of change isn't considered a plan, right? right. The plan is uh, the fa- is like the complicated law that you're going to construct, uh, and the, all the it's the thing you're going to yeah all, all the all the the paperwork that you're going to fill out, and all the interesting clever ways that all these switches and levers you know like flip on and off to to get people exactly what they need and exactly what they want, and no one else. You know, it's like that. Like that's considered a plan. Like getting people together to like all get into the streets and demand free healthcare isn't a plan. It's yeah. like, of course that's a plan. That's yeah. a harder plan to execute yeah. because you can make up whatever bullshit, you know, uh, it's also a more dangerous plan because yeah. it might actually happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well then, but it's also like, you know, when you think of just like, you know, the lying and failing New York times and like all the other media out there, like they don't, their job, they've constructed their job to just be, explaining and describing complicated plans right like yeah. that's that's all their shit is yeah. now a plan it, is something you hand to a broken congress so they can take a big shit on it right yeah right. And, and like they don't have they, gonna eat pelosi <laughs> and they just have like so few reporters that like know how to uh justifiably and fairly cover a social movement they only know how to shit on them right like they don't know how to like come to a, a social movement and like get a, a a full and complete picture of what people want right they 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 can do that when like they can like gawk and awe at like trump uh people in rural wisconsin or something like they're good at doing that but if you get a bunch of people in the streets that want free health care they're like oh why is everyone so angry and yelling you know they don't like, even have a yeah it's, it yeah. just becomes occupy wall street all over again what do they even want they don't even know what they want yeah yeah but it's like like no the plan like you want to talk about plans the plan is like you know how you move people to to make power that's a plan so i just saw this thing like literally just saw it while Brittany was out smoking a cigarette why are you gonna call me out like that <laughs> i'm a vapor okay <laughs> what well, i'm uh, a i'm a uh, uh, were, were, were you on one... again off again vapor smoker were you anyway. the one that tweeted like um I I I know it's bad, but I love the sound of my voice when I smoke cigarettes or something. I didn't, but that's true for me. Oh, okay. Sorry. Anyway, 
<laughs> we, 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 we can we can stop. No, no, no. It's staying no, it's in there. Good. We're right. keeping it. We're yeah. keeping it. We're rolling, boys. It's the it's the end of the night. So wh- while you were uh, smoking or vaping or whatever the hell you were doing oh, outside, um, I, I I just happened to notice this thing on the Atlantic that um, it's uh, by Ed Young, and it's uh, spiders can fly hundreds of miles using electricity. It's a good title. It's good. That's a, that is a solid title. Made me click. Damn, son. Where'd yeah. you find this? <laughs> <laughs> Just sample that. Keep that for later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, yeah. So essentially, uh, you know, for a long time, we've known that spiders do this thing called ballooning, where they get up on something tall, like a, like a twig or a tree or, you know, whatever. And, uh, yeah, like a twig or a, or a tree. tree. You know? A twig on tall a tree things. in a bush uh, on the, uh, 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 in the ground, in the, bush, in the green grass grows all around. All around. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, you know, they get on some tall thing and they'll shoot out a, a piece of silk and then they just like float away. And, um, and we've known they've done this forever, but it never really, the numbers never quite worked out that um, like this string would act like a sail to carry them away. It's mm. just not enough surface area. It doesn't really make any sense. And so these uh, these researchers uh, just like did a few controlled experiments like in um, with a box with different sorts of electromagnetic uh, energies running through it and found that what they're actually doing is they're using electrostatic repulsion what? Uh, to to fly. So basically the ground is negatively charged and the uh, atmosphere is positively charged. Right. And that's why you get lightning is like the. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, is is the connection of those two poles. And what spiders are doing is they're staying grounded on something that's connected to the ground and negatively charged. And then they stick the 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 uh, silk out into the air uh, to to get as positively charged as possible. And then that differential uh, pushes them off the ground. So they're not getting pulled away. They're getting pushed off of the earth. Using electrostatic repulsion. That fucking rules. Yeah, that's really yeah, fucking cool. That's crazy. I, w- I wonder if, if could could people do this if they had a big enough like spider uh, silk uh, type of uh, thing? Like, could we all just sort of have like the equivalent of a uh, like a hot air balloon, but just electrostatic? Well, you know, discoveries like this are oftentimes the kind of precursors to new technology so it doesn't seem entirely out of the realm of possibility that this new discovery about how spiders move could in maybe i'm going to say 8.2 years lead to some kind (laughs) of like human um like ion based ballooning travel yeah i'm I'm so selfish i can't even take 30 seconds all you're thinking of is spiders (laughs) i'm just like oh yeah that sounds cool let's do it i read an article a few months back that was that was basically about how like we don't know like everybody knows that like octo- octopuses are these very mysterious creatures that oh, we yeah. don't understand a whole lot about. But Incredibly we also evolved. we also don't know very much about how spiders and other anthropods evolved. Like we really and particularly arachnids, but also just anthropods in general. Like they're very mysterious creatures in terms of the tree of evolution. Hmm. And they also like basically use uh um pneumatics. To, to move right right, right it's like right. it's oh, not, to articulate their, their yeah. appendages which yeah. is supposedly one of the reasons that they're so uh scary is not actually because because like that's a, a kind of a big question for evolutionary biologists is like why are we so afraid of spiders because they're really not that dangerous to us yeah like, there's very only a few couple. spiders yeah. can really hurt you like a wolf spider or a uh, not even bre- wolves brown recluse brown recluses can they can hurt you but they're rare and you kind of have to like 
piss one off to get it to hurt you. Well, I had a uh, a friend uh, that whose whose fiance got bit by a brown recluse, and it was gnarly. She had yeah. to, she had to get uh, they get apart. necrotic. Yeah. yeah, she had it was quick. It was like she within a day she had to rush to the ER and get a part of her ear amputated because Damn. it was going necrosis and, and spreading and like so yeah. That's pretty bad. Gnarly. Yeah, but the the, the, uh, the pneumatic uh, uh, ambulation, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, just, you know, that's, that's that a great sounded, word. It sounded yeah. really scientific. scientific. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah I totally that's, believe. You uh, could tell me anything after that sentence. Yeah. Oh, and, and, well, that, well, that's why, that's why spiders, um, like, curl up when they die, is because right. they can't regulate that pressure oh, anymore. Oh, shit. So it, so it just all goes out and, and everything. Yeah, they got a cool lunches. death animation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Gavin McIntyre, uh, who used to be a, one of my bosses at uh, Ecovative, because he recently has become a big uh, Iron Weeds uh, pod fanatic. No way. Um, Shut the fucking yeah. door. Aw, thanks, Gavin. And, and he's the one that, um, it's great, because every time he listens to an episode, he uh, texts me uh, corrections on the scientific basis. Hell yeah. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> no, yeah. but he's, I, I want to hear it. So he, he tells me, because uh, at one time I, I had mentioned um, ringworm, uh, but I meant Hookworm. Uh, hookworm is what common mistake. Made, yeah, common hookworm mistake. is what made the South seem right. dumb and lazy. Uh, but ringworm is uh, a fungal infection. Oh, I think David fucked that up. Yeah, that might have been. That was David's. Yeah, I think up. I fucked. Yeah, that but up. I think I fucked it up as well. So we it, all fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. We're all responsible. But anyway, when I'm sure I that he's going to have uh, some some feedback about whatever scientific yeah, jargon. Yeah, just uh, when I, ambulation. When I, I stick the... by ambulation. If that's not even a real word, I want it. I'm going to use it for something else yeah. then coined when i edit the pod sometimes i do like real-time fact checking and mm. if and if like if one of us says something and i'm like i'm not sure that's right and then i'll google it real quick and i would say like 85 percent of the time it's right and if it's not i just cut that shit out nice, but nice. i don't fact check everything yeah. including hookworm and yokels that so. would, for all the bullshit we talk that would be way too much work for you oh my god yeah no it would be but just yeah just like trotsky out all the times that we we Absolutely. This wrong. is a revisionist yeah. podcast, and we're proud of that fact. Oh, yeah. I used to be um, insanely afraid of spiders. Like earlier, Chris, I was complimenting you on all your, on your spider collection and yeah, your my bathroom down here. Yeah, you have a really beautiful polyculture in there. You have, I counted no fewer than seven spiders in your bathroom. Yeah, that polycule is lit. Yeah, lit as fuck. Um, and I used to be the kind of person who like could not be in a room with a spider oh, regardless yeah. of the variety it didn't matter if it was a fucking cellar spider or a daddy long legs it's <laughs> not even a spider it is an insect and you know what really broke me of it was actually i grew up in florida and what started to break me of it was after i moved to new york because spiders are just inside a lot more because the houses up here are older and draftier and they just it's easier for them to get in in florida all the spiders are much deadlier but they're all outside and you don't go outside in Florida because outside is like disgusting and gross. Yeah. But now that we live in a 150 year old house on a large lot that is heavily wooded, we just have spiders everywhere all the time. And it has literally oh, yeah. like broken me of my fear of spiders. I just can't be afraid of them anymore because if I was afraid of spiders the way I used to be, I would just be scared all the time. Yeah, yeah. so really, uh, 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 you know, put one in the uh, W for uh, exposure therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so now they're like my little bros, and I'm cool with spiders. Um, spiders are cool with you. And yeah, and I'm really excited to learn that they have this super cool travel mechanism. 
I just I'm so happy for them. Just riding the electromagnetic superhighway. Riding the lightning. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I think that's the they're gonna be the title for Ride this. Ride the lightning <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for us, right guys? Yeah. Yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah David. Yep, yep. We're done. Yeah, I think All so. All right. Yeah, I spoke my piece. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter. Ironweed Spot. You can find us on Instagram. Ironweed Spot. You can find us at Gmail. Ironweed Spot. At Gmail. Dot com. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> and you can buy us a coffee uh, at buymeacoffee.com slash ironweeds. Throw us a hammy. Yeah. That means $10. <laughs> or half a hammy. That's $5. Wait. Yeah. Yes. $5. Okay. Yeah. Half. Yeah. And we're brewing up some bonus content, so uh, if you leave us a review um, and screenshot it, let us know. We'll get it to you. Um, or if you uh, buy us coffee, we'll get it to you. Uh, just make sure uh, you give us your email. And um, yeah, uh, thanks so much for listening, as always. Um, yeah, of you know, course. And everybody and that's been reaching out to us over uh, Gmail, like, it's awesome. We like, love it. We love hearing from you guys. It's so much fun. And yeah, we're just really excited to keep doing the podcast. And we have more Twitter followers. I keep count. We get they go up and the numbers don't go down. That's pretty much success to me. It was so cool that uh, uh, Felix Biederman messaged us and said your podcast is better than ours. That was really cool. Yeah, but he, he didn't did have that. to say that he jerked off while listening to. Yeah, it. that was unfortunate that was, and inappropriate. Yeah, but, you know, it, I mean, it's fine if he does it, but I yeah, just, I don't need just to don't tell me. About it. Yeah, yeah, just don't tell me about it. <laughs> All right, y'all. I hope you have a great week. You Thank too. you. You too. <laughs> bye bye. bye.